Welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. Hello, welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. I'm Rhonda Arlt, and I'm here with Miss Laura Forehand. How are you doing today, Laura? Pretty good, pretty good. I think winter came in with a with a mighty force. So, um, yeah, it did here too. I doubt for Coach, though, right, Coach? <laughs> uh, it came in with a mighty force because I have to listen to my friends talk about it coming in with a mighty force, like Laura and Rhonda. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's it's kind of crazy here in the Midwest. But once again, we have Coach B joining us on today's podcast. And um, if our listeners don't know, if you don't know already, Coach is someone who pays attention to the concerns of teachers and has graciously joined us each week as we embark on season four of the podcast. And Rhonda and I could not be more grateful. Um, this is such a great way to start season four of the podcast. The mind of Coach Chris Biffle never sleeps, and he is back today to talk to us about simplified self-care for teachers of beloved rascals. So once again, Coach, welcome to the podcast. We're so grateful that you're here. Uh, Delighted to be here, my friends. Um, Let's just start by thinking about the way in which teaching is traditionally structured in terms of tiers. So tier one is instructional techniques that address all students. And for us, uh, a nice example of that would be uh, the magic circle, the classroom rules, Mm -hmm. uh, our game, the stories. An awful lot of what we do is for every single kid in our classroom. And Laura, you have ongoing experience with tier one mm-hmm. what are you using with tier one this week that helped all your kids definitely the magic circle that is a staple in my classroom and <clears throat> it's actually given me a lot of freedom as a teacher because my kids know exactly how to use that magic circle from calling the class to the manners to teach okay So that is something that has become a staple. And also the rules, um, we review those rules three to five times every single day. Uh, Rhonda, think far back, just a couple of years. Uh, What was the difference between how you used to teach the whole class before whole brain teaching? And what shifts did you make? Wow. Well, that's that's a big question. I know I hate to admit it, but there was some scolding going on before whole brain teaching um, with the whole class. And I did not activate their brain in all the areas like um, it should be as in whole brain teaching, you know, with our gestures and them repeating what they say, turning to their teaching partner, which is part of that magic circle. But 
those are some big changes for me. Mm -hmm. uh, tier two is is small group, and we've found that the magic circle and the classroom rules and increasing proximity and using manners, um, our weekly virtues, these work in small groups as well as the whole class. Uh, Laura, has that been your experience? It's, it's not like you have to become a different kind of instructor when you're sitting at a table with four kids. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We still use those same strategies within our tier two small group settings as well. Now, tier three is where we are addressing individual students and we have thousands of hours of classroom research that indicates the effect of the super improver awarding for growth, not ability, makes every kid a winner. Mm -hmm. And gifted kids are now in competition with themselves, so they can't slack off. And beloved rascals, because all we're asking them to do is improve, and every brain can improve, uh, can also win. So nothing much better than super improver for helping every kid targeted as an individual. Laura, I imagine you're going to violently disagree, but <laughs> talk about it. I am not going to disagree with you because I love super improver. Um, it is in full force in my classroom and the kids, uh, it's funny because they love to tell me about their improvements. So, and they love to tell me about the improvements that they see in their classmates too. And they love to try to tell me what my improvements are, which is wonderful. I'm on the super improver board too. Um, and it, I, I will say that like when they're um, trying to tell me what I've improved on, I really make them think critically. So I love that aspect of it as well. Um, but tier four, and I am pretty convinced, Rhonda, that we have a new generation of kids post-COVID and a new generation of stressed instructors post-COVID. I talk to principals all across the country and everyone is seeing behaviors that they've never seen before from the kids and a stress load that teachers are barely able to manage. Rhonda, what's your intuitive sense of what's happening in education? It, it scares me. Um, you know, I feel for especially these new teachers that are just getting into the profession. I mean, things have I mean, I taught for 31 years and things changed through those 31 years. But then towards the end of my career, things were to me were just drastically getting worse. And it just it's scary. Um, I do recommend to our viewers to take a look at Chapter 32 in the new book where I talk about the universal answer. The universal answer is teach a class of one and include yourself in the super improver display. Let kids know that you're going to teach in a way that will make your alpha hawk prouder. So you need two things for the universal answer. You need an alpha hawk wall mm -hmm. where you put up examples of people, historical or personal that live for others. And you encourage kids to do that. 
That gives us a moral compass. What are we trying to do? We're trying to live for others. And you put yourself, as Laura has done, on the super improver display. And the universal answer is then, tell kids that you will also be scoring yourself on your improvement. And what you're going to do this today is you're going to smile more. Mm. What you're going to do today is you're going to control your tone of voice right after lunch. Or what you're going to do today is uh, you're going to give more praise. So tell them what your goal is. Evaluate how you did at the end. And give yourself a super improver star. Class of one, you can do that no matter what's going on. And you should do it, Laura, because it models self-improvement. Mm -hmm. Laura, class of one, universal answer. This is tier four. Talk about it, Laura. Yeah. You know what? I I love the reminder that you just gave me about actually telling my students what my goal is. I think that's that's maybe a missing piece for me. So I appreciate that. But having that alpha hawk wall, um, very visible in your classroom. So students can see examples of people that live for others. Um, and having that super improver display where you as a teacher are on that too. And you let your kids know, this is what I want to improve on today. And then you can discuss, you know, whether you have made that improvement to smile more, to give more praise, whatever your goal might be for the day. Rhonda, let's just rip through 10 suggestions. They're on page 273 of Goals that you can set for yourself that are independent of anything that's going on in the classroom and that will leverage tighter connections between you and your kids. So you could say at the start of the day, I'm going to work on smiling more or talking to two of you uh, at recess or setting a five-minute timer right after lunch and seeing if I can control my tone of voice or give longer side hugs during Teach OK or Praise kids more often, especially for rule five, making our team stronger. There's five more, but when you reflect on it, whole brain teaching gives us a treasure chest of micro behaviors that we as teachers can engage in that will strengthen connections between us and our kids and lower our blood pressure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Talk about it. Well, I like that how you're referencing your book. So teachers can go to that page 273 and see some possible goals that they can have um, with their students making that connection. You talked about smiling more, maybe side hugs during Teach OK, things like that. And I think it's also important that um, students see adults having goals, too, and that you might make that goal and you might not and how you respond to that. So I think this is great, Coach. Mm-hmm. Laura, the three of us love this new metaphor of teaching as playing whack-a-mole. <laughs> it's so much easier to play whack-a-mole if you're only trying to whack one mole. So instead of going in tomorrow, Monday, <clears throat> Laura, I want you just to whack one mole. And let's say the mole is just to smile more. Okay. Or let's say the mole is to give longer side hugs. Or let's say the mole is to talk to two kids you don't talk to much at recess. Tell them 
what the mole is. And they will eyeball you to see if you're doing well. And it will force you to pay attention to just whack that one mole tomorrow. So here in front of the entire teaching universe, it's tuned in. Laura, what single mole are you going to whack tomorrow Monday? Pick one. Okay. I really think that I am going to, the mole I'm going to focus on is being sure that I connect with those one or two students that I typically don't connect with. And a lot of that coach is because they're the well-behaved ones, right? So they easily kind of pass in and out of my sight throughout the day, but it's not who I give my, the most of my attention to. If I enter that radar. Yeah. yeah. And I want you to understand, Laura, that every kid deserves an equal amount of worry. Every kid deserves an equal amount of care. Mm-hmm. And I made that mistake myself only for 40 years, which was working extremely hard to help kids who needed the most help and I could have done as much or more good by focusing on those other kids. Yeah. Now, today's topic is self-care for teachers of beloved rascals simplified. So I want to go beyond the book. Okay. Rhonda, explain how thrilled you are to hear the invisible chapter (laughs) <laughs> that's going to go beyond the book. It's actually just an invisible one page. Come on, Rhonda. <laughs> oh, I love it, Coach. Your brain is always thinking like Laura mentioned earlier. And, you know, I like things to be simple, too. So I'm glad we're simplifying this. All right. Here it is simple. We're going to make an acronym. Acronym is INNER. And this is going to stand for the five Incredibly powerful, very useful, accessible strategies that will increase our self-care. Inner, I. No shock here except no no public school teaching manual mentions it. I is going to be improve your spiritual growth. This is something we're going to be talking much more about as we move into the future. Every culture has a spiritual core. Every culture has a discipline. Every culture has guidelines and millions of ways to improve your spiritual growth. So, Laura, Mm -hmm. self-care for teachers of beloved rascals is also self-care for human beings, handily enough. Mm-hmm. every day, improve your spiritual growth. Rhonda, I'm going to put you on the program today with Laura. What are you going to do for the next week that will improve your spiritual growth and make it as specific as possible? Well, if I was back in the classroom, I think what I would focus in on is once I got in my classroom, just saying a prayer to um Get me through the day. Give me that strength and that peace and that guidance to help the students in my classroom. So I would probably start with a prayer. Mm. Excellent. Laura, how about you? Yeah. In addition to that, I love to kind of set the tone of my classroom by by playing some very 
Um, it's it's not jazz. It's not really classical. It's just very calming. Maybe nature sounds or very calming music to just to kind of, like you said, coach, just to kind of bring me down, bring my blood pressure, get me ready for the day. Now, this has to be something that you're going to do to improve. So if you're already doing it, mm -hmm. how can you improve that spiritual nourishment? Go, Laura. I, I think for me, um, you know, not only just to like sit at my desk and have those moments of solitude, but actually maybe walking around to each of my students' desks and just like almost kind of a spiritual laying of hands on their desk and just, you know, getting my heart right with even those most beloved rascals. Like today's a new day. We're starting fresh. Um, so maybe taking taking what's at my desk and like moving it around the room before students even get there. That sounds like it's something new. Uh -huh. and that will be an interesting experiment for you. Congratulations. Now, I want our listeners to understand that I improve our spiritual growth is about our whole self, our whole life. And it can be in or out of the classroom. For myself, what I'm doing, improving my spiritual growth is, I'm learning 40 events in Jesus' life in chronological order. Um, and we're preparing for a new book called The Jesus Teachers. But that's what I'm doing every day to improve my spiritual life. Now, N. N is nourish physical self-care. Don't live accidentally. Live with a plan because you're a brain and a body and your health is paramount if you're running a marathon. And Laura, you're in a 180-day marathon that will have a debilitating effect upon your nervous system unless you're taking care of yourself physically. So for myself, uh, I'm going to nourish my physical self-care. I'm lifting weights more often, and I'm walking at a faster clip. And I'm watching my diet, my diet as, a, as a diabetic. So Rhonda... I want to put you on the inner program. What are you going to do? And you can keep doing what you're doing, but a little more energetically to nourish physical self-care. Go. Yeah, I need to definitely do this. And I, I do a little bit of walking with my dog, but I think I need to push it up, improve a little bit. And with this colder weather, we have an elliptical. So I need to get on that elliptical regularly. Um, trying to watch what I eat. So I want to continue with that as well. Yes. Laura. Mm -hmm. uh, I want you to do nourish your physical self-care. That's the N and inner. What are you going to do? I think for me, um, I'm really, really bad coach about like drinking water and staying hydrated until oh. I get home from school. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't think I've had two sips of water today. So I think for me, I'm going to make it very purposeful that I drink water, maybe instead of iced tea or lemonade or something to that effect, but actually get some just, you know, good old H2O in my body. 
Now, ladies, notice that this inner acronym is not wiggy. It's not out there. It's like just common sense. Mm -hmm. Let's improve our spiritual growth. Let's nourish our physical self-care. And there's another N in inner. We should nourish select connections. And I originally thought we should nourish our connections, but that's playing whack-a-mole with 500 moles. Uh, we should nourish select connections between ourself and the world, between ourselves and others. And we could focus on one of those a day. And if you focus on less, you're more likely to accomplish more. And right now I'm working on a connection with a Protestant pastor that I haven't seen in a long time and emailing back and forth. And if I've only got one mole to whack, I'm likely to whack it pretty good. Laura, I want you to nourish a select connection. Go ahead. Oh, let's see, coach. Because I have a tendency to whack too many moles for sure. Um, I think that I'm going to, the connection I really want to be sure that I'm, um, you know, keeping, keeping tabs on, I guess, would be the connection with my son because he lives in Taiwan and with the time difference and all that kind of stuff, we can literally go six weeks without like talking on the, you know, maybe yeah. little text messages here and there, but, but actually, um, you know, that connection piece where we're really talking about each other's lives and what's going on in each other's lives has been missing. And I actually just talked to him today and like, we're making a plan to, you know, try to talk at least every Sunday or every other Sunday. So, so, so building that connection back up. Rhonda, how proud are you of your bestie? Here she's designing <laughs> a program on the spot for self-care. One, she's going to do the daily prayer. Um, and she's going to uh, nourish physical self-care by drinking more water. And she's going to nourish a connection with her son. She's tailoring it to her own special little collection of moles. <laughs> Rhonda, what are you what special connection are you gonna well, focus on? I will probably focus in on a good friend. She was kind of my work best friend and we are real good about when she retired keeping in touch and then when I retired keeping in touch, but it's been a while and I want to connect with her. Um she's just a delight to be around and I, I want to include her more in my life. Super. You know, I think that's a really important thing too, Rhonda, because we want to make those connections coach to people that, you know, bring life and light to us, right? So I love that you're making that connection with somebody who, you know, brings positivity into your life. Yeah. Positivity, what an unusual word, because it brings us to the E in inner, and that is... We're going to exclude negativity. Mm. There is a huge, incredibly successful therapeutic technique called cognitive behavioral therapy. And it traces its roots back to a Roman philosopher, I'm delighted to say, 
fellow by the name of Epictetus. And Epictetus, about the second century AD, said that you can't control the world, but you can control your attitude towards it. We've got to exclude negativity. Laura, let me explain your life to you, okay? Would you please? My delight. <laughs> Laura, you are climbing a mountain and you have a pack on your back and all of your teacher friends are climbing the exact same mountain. And Laura, when you go into school and you talk about how steep the mountain is and how heavy your pack is and how challenging these curriculum changes have been and how frustrated you are that parents are not following through, when you start exuding negativity, you make your pack heavier mm. and the mountain for everybody else steeper. Laura, mm -hmm. negativity increases the life burden and makes the path that we're walking even more difficult and perilous. Talk about your mountain and your pack and why it is in your self-interest to exclude negativity. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Coach. I mean, because I, I have been in those situations where, you know, I might be negative about something and I make that known. And then the person that I'm talking to tells me all their negative things. And it, it really does weigh you down. I mean, it really does. Um, is there a way coach, let me ask you in your, in your wisdom, is there a way we can, you know, have that trusted person that we talk to and not let it fall into this big, you know, negative, negative scenario. Cause I mean, that has happened to me, but I also think there's something to be said, you know, if I call Rhonda and go, man, today was hard, you know, right. today was just Listen, really, really hard. I'm one teeny step ahead of you. Okay. You can call Rhonda and you can be very honest about your feelings about how difficult the day was, mm -hmm. but you always finish with a positive statement. Gotcha. That's the rule. Mm. So the last moment between the two of you is often a statement of gratitude or a statement of blessing. And that changes the steepness of the mountain. And it makes it a little bit more comfortable incline so say whatever you want, but follow the rule of finish with a positive. Rhonda, you love to hear from your friend. Yes, I You're do. A wonderful <laughs> human being. But what if both of you got in the habit of, go ahead and let it out, but let's finish with the truth. The truth is life is positive. Life is good. Talk about it, Rhonda. Yeah, I mean, I think that's important sometimes to get those feelings out, but I like your spin of putting that positive on it. And Laura, I think we do that sometimes. I do too. 
we, we provide that plan of how we're going to make it better for the next week or that next day. And I think that just, that helps kind of set the tone for your next day, especially if you're, you know, having trouble with that. So definitely add that positive. I mean, I think it's good to get those feelings out, but putting a positive at the end will, will help you out. The other thing I'm thinking, my friends, is think of our grandparents. Our grandparents lived through far tougher times than we're living through. They didn't have medical care. Mm. Dentistry was spotty. and They did most of their work outdoors. Americans have become a nation of whiners and complainers. And the kind of thing that we whine and complain about, our grandparents would have laughed at. That's your problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so we need to, to get back to that American grit, that American toughness, that American determination to move forward. Um, and maybe we'll talk about that more sometime. But let's go on to the, so exclude negativity. Mm -hmm. And the last one, last one is R. We started with the most important, which is improve your spiritual growth. And the last R is revisit your resources. Now, life has provided us with an abundance of resources. Whenever you think back about your childhood, or falling in love, or the trip to Cancun, or the first time you ever heard a particular song, or the strength of your love for your kids, for your spouse, uh, prayerful moments, things from the Bible, uh, meditations upon beauty, uh, talks with wise colleagues, our life is abundantly resourced. Our alpha hawks are incredible resources. When I think of my alpha hawk, Mother Teresa, it snaps on a different pair of goggles. Let's live for others. So at the beginning, we want to nourish our spiritual growth. And at the end, we want to revisit our resources. That is a beautiful circle, which might mean improve our spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. Laura, I want you to tell me one resource in your life, a memory, experience, a conviction, a book, a person that you could revisit that would give you some additional nourishment. Go, Laura. Well, you know, as you were talking, I immediately started thinking about like all the, the resources that you know, even whole brain teaching has, we have an incredible amount of resources, whether it's a good friend like Rhonda, who has also been using whole brain teaching or the book that you wrote or the Facebook pages, whatever it might be. Um, those are, are absolutely just at my fingertips to, you know, look back and see um, what, what was it that had an impact on me a year ago when I, when I read about the scoreboard and now how can I take that 
you know, because I don't know about anybody else out there listening, but I know we have three months off in the summer, but I forget so much between (laughs) May and August when school starts. I I think what I do is I forget about how the school year, it's going to have challenges. You know, you have a new class, it's going to have new challenges. So let's go back to those resources and look at what, what I used last year and, and how successful it was. And then, you know, implement those things in my classroom. So that was the first thing that came to my mind was just, just all the resources we have through Holbrain teaching. Rhonda, you're not in the classroom. What would be some of your resources? I would think I, I would start thinking about like people, the resources as people being a retired teacher. I mean, it's kind of hard. You feel out of the loop and you kind of start doubting yourself if, you know, you were effective, if you were worthy in the classroom and stuff like that. So I would like to reach out to some of my friends that are retired and kind of just get their viewpoint on how they're feeling and how they, they went through those feelings. So those were the, be the resources I would tap into. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So let's just sum up. We're talking about self-care for teachers of beloved rascals and we desperately need it. And we've said, Let's focus each day upon the five principles of inner. Improve your spiritual growth. Nourish your physical self-care. Nourish select connections. Exclude negativity and revisit your resources. You could do inner on the way to school. You could do inner at lunch. You could do inner at home. You could do inner with your spouse. And these are not bizarre suggestions. They're all common sense based upon human perceptions of what's good for us. So we've got some pills that we can take. Let's start taking these healthy pills. What do you say, Laura, about inner? Yeah, I I like this. And I'm like sitting here going, I need to like put this on a piece of paper and stick it by my stick it on my computer or something, you know, to remind myself of these things, because the truth is, like you said, life is hard. Our jobs are hard. You know, that's, that's the truth of it. But the, the other truth of it is we, we have access to all these things that you brought to us today with the acronym inner. Rhonda, what's your take? Well, I like how it's simplified, how it's easy to do at any time of the day, um, at at any possible time or place, wherever that you're at. I love Laura's idea. I often had little things on my desk, taped to my desk, or where I could see it and remind myself of that. And I think that would be perfect. Fantastic. Another great time with my good, good friends. And we look forward to next week. Absolutely do, Coach. We can never thank you enough for the time you take each week to join us on the podcast. Your heart and your compassion for helping teachers is so evident. We want to encourage all our listeners to head over to Amazon to order um, your copy of Coach's latest book, We'll Bring Teaching for Challenging Kids, second edition today. And he's referenced, I think it was chapter 32 and a page number on to reference with this podcast. Um, Also, Check out our website, www.wholebrainteaching.com for information and videos about whole brain teaching. In addition, check out that whole brain teaching official store on teacher paid teachers where everything is free resources. Those are some resources you might want to check out. And don't forget to check out our Facebook pages because coach is real good about if he's got a brand new idea, he throws that out and you can keep up to date there. Absolutely. 
Rhonda has said it all. Um, Coach, we appreciate all you do. You tirelessly work for the betterment of education and educators. We also want to thank you, our listeners. We appreciate your comments on the Facebook pages, and we love hearing stories of how you are implementing coaches' strategies in your classroom. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with all your teacher friends and administrators. We couldn't do what we do without you. So until next time, bye-bye.